Michael Sonbert and Antonio Vance have held nearly every job in K-12 education. They've coached, trained, and partnered with thousands of teachers and school leaders from over 100 cities and eight countries around the world. They are Skyrocket Educator Training, and these are their informal observations. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Informal Observations to Season 2 of Informal Ooh. Observations. Season 2, Episode 1, man. We're back. Do you know this? We're back. I'm Michael Sombert, the founder of Skyrocket, and I'm here with Dr. Antonio Vance. As always, Dr. Vance, how are you today, man? I'm amazing, man. Amazing. Happy to be here. Happy for season two. Let's do what it. Have, uh, what do you think? I mean, have you been getting angry letters from all the fans demanding <laughs> season two start immediately? I've gotten some angry text messages and phone calls like, what's going on? Did you guys fall off the face of the earth? I have, uh, I've had uh, people camped out of my front yard for the last month demanding <laughs> season two start. Well, we are Do you believe back. that? Uh, no, but um, <laughs> your imaginary friends can all go home now because uh, we are back. We are back. We are back, we are back, we are back, and we are so excited for season two, episode one. We are going to talk today about just what it's like what it's like being back at school and sharing some of what we've seen and sharing some advice and uh, sharing some um, potential pitfalls. But before we get there, let's do three questions with Dr. Vance. Antonio, are you ready for these questions? Oh. <laughs> I usually am ready. I don't know what you got up your sleeve this time. Uh, you are, and you said you said before we got on the air, you uh, you're feeling full. You had a lot to eat before this. Is that <laughs> is that true? Yes, I had Qdoba. <laughs> Qdoba, yeah. yeah. What'd you get? Three tacos. Three. What kinds? Um, they were um, beef and chicken. Do you get the cheese on the side, the queso? Yes, I do. Is, right. are, is this part of my three questions? This is riveting content. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Vance, let's go. Question number one, man. What is the best thing or most fun thing you did this summer? This is outside of education. What's something cool you did this summer? Yeah. You know, I, I really feel like um, we didn't really have a summer. It was, you know, rainy a lot. Um, I don't know. It just didn't feel like a traditional you know, regular summer. Um, I think one, the probably the most fun I had was I went to um, Mexico with um, six really close friends. We had a, it was like the first time we had all like kind of gotten together, um, especially, you know, since before the uh, pandemic. So that was really great. It was odd because I stayed in an Airbnb and I usually do not stay in Airbnbs. Um, I'm a resort type of person. Me, um, me too. Tell me why. Because uh, I have a theory on this, but tell me why you are a resort person. Oh, I I mean, I go away to not cook and clean and yeah, yeah. and mind stuff. Um, I want to go out during the day and come back to a clean Lysol room. Um, not That's one that I have to like do myself. This is interesting because we've joked on the show before how you and I are very different in some of our tastes, but I could not agree with you more here. I don't <laughs> Look, good for the folks at Airbnb, and they're making a ton of dough, and people like it. I don't understand 
why you would want to go stay in someone's house <laughs> and cook and buy groceries over yeah. being at a hotel. I, I think it's, and by the way, I feel like, I don't know, I'm sure this hasn't happened, but it feels like people inviting you to stay in their house are trying to murder you, right? <laughs> I mean. Or they're like watching you. Right? Like, I mean, there's also, like, a, you're on like a webcam, right? Yeah, yeah. I, feel, I definitely felt like that. And the prices are all, are the same. Like, it, there, there was not a very big pri price difference between um, staying at the Airbnb and the actual resort. So I did it because that's what folks wanted to do. I actually think the one benefit was that it brought everyone closer. So like when you're like, you know, in a hotel or a resort, you're, you're kind of like in your room. Um, this was a little different, right? When when we go out, we all go out, everyone's sort of stuck together. Um, so I do feel like it made the, the trip a little bit more cohesive. But I am so not like everybody's going, getting ready together. It's like you're ready at together. Yeah, right. That makes sense to me, right? That you yeah. get the music blasting. <laughs> you know uh, me well, <laughs> right, right. You get the music blasting. You, you, everyone's having some drinks. You're doing yeah. it's that whole like the whole rhythm of like who's showering first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you go next. You go next, right? And you're like Absolutely. everyone's got the drinks going. Um, okay, that yeah. makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. But yeah. I Other still would that. choose. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. yeah. Premier Resort. <laughs> yeah. And I want room service. Yeah. I want and room like, service. I, I want the hotel gym. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Um, all right. But did you have fun in Can in Can? Where'd you go? Cancun, you said? I went to Puerto Vallarta, the West Coast. Got it. All right. It was, Look it at was you. Amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, you said that, uh, you said that we like this summer wasn't, didn't feel like a summer because of all the rain. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that there was like, you know, a lot, we got our shots and things opened up and then it was like <laughs> a lot of stuff closed back down again. Yeah, exactly. And this is our, this is our, our, our third summer in a row and we're not alone here. This is educators everywhere, but this is our third summer in a row where there was like no downtime, right? Yeah. Where like the whole thing was about planning for the upcoming year. So I feel really similarly, like I was like, wait, did summer even, did summer even happen? You know what I yeah, mean? Absolutely. It does not feel like summer happened. Yeah. Oh, next year. We'll get another one next year, I guess. Yeah. I like the winter better than the summer anyway, but um, I went to uh, our friends have a cabin up on a lake in Connecticut. Uh, and it's just this, it's like been in their family for years. And uh, the lake is like small, I guess, by lake standards. I don't know. But you could <laughs> see the whole thing from like one spot. And we just go out on the kayaks and grownups are having some drinks and the kids are swimming with life jackets on. And uh, it's just a day. It's a day of paradise, man. So uh, we did we did that. I don't know if that's the best thing I've done this summer, but man, it was it was super fun. And uh I'm gonna I, I'm I'm gonna test myself. I'm I've been saying I'm gonna swim across the lake for the last couple of years, but I haven't tried it yet because it's gonna probably take like an hour and a half and I would need somebody in a kayak to like, I was like spot me. <laughs> yes, please have a, a spotter or a life jacket, little little armbands or something. Little floaties. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's that's going to happen. I, the, the first time I thought about doing it, the water was like freezing. And, uh, 
And I was like, man, should I do this? I haven't trained for this and I really wanted to do it, but I kind of like kind of chickened out for lack of a better term. Okay. Uh, and then this other time I was like, we were just with the whole family and I wasn't about to leave my wife with three kids by like <laughs> a, an open body of water, but I am going to, I am definitely going to swim across that lake at some point. So, um, yeah, man, if I don't make it, you're in charge. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. I'm glad this is recorded. <laughs> <laughs> not swimming across lakes bro come on man uh what's something you learned or something inspiring man since the mm. last time we uh we spoke mm. um you know i'm really inspired you know we've recently gotten back into schools and the summer i've been with um with tons of school leaders across the country and i think i'm just really inspired how folks have you know recommitted uh to to this work and like literally it's like a, a rededication um, to to their students and to children's and families. And I just, you know, time and time again, you know, I've sort of, you know, have I, I thought I was gonna have to push leaders and, and, and schools to get excited about reopening, getting kids in building, but they have, I, I, I would say that almost 100% of my leaders have been like, let's do this. Last year was a tough year. Mm. We're ready to jump in um, and we're just going to double dutch in and, and make this happen. And um, this this sort of like recommitment to do whatever it takes for kids. And I've just been really inspired um, by that, that level of positivity and this can do attitude that I've seen from leaders and teachers um, across the country. That's interesting, man. And I've seen this. I've seen something really similar. We are going to talk a little later around this sense that teachers are leaving the profession, right? At least anecdotally. I don't know if there is hard and fast data on this, but I do know that there are leaders, at least who we know, uh, teachers and, and leaders, but mostly teachers who are leaving the profession. So I'm interested in, in talking about that, but I, I, I learned something cool. I mean, uh, everything you're saying is it totally resonates, but I'm reading a book around uh, about accountability, and I can't remember the author's name. Uh, the, the book's in, in Philadelphia, and I'm in New York, so I, 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 uh, I can't give her credit, which stinks. But she makes a, a distinction in her book between a promise and an intention. And she says that oftentimes people feel let down and frustrated and angered that somebody hasn't done the thing they've asked them to do when the other person has simply intended to do it and not promised to do it. Hmm. And I, I think about that in my own life. Like my wife will ask me, we have this like, like shelf in our, it's in our like hallway that's been there for uh, three months. I should tell you, I hate putting things together. Have I told you this before that I hate putting things together? Ah, another thing we have in common. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I have friends who spend their whole weekends working on their houses and putting shit together. I am like, man, I would do do anything rather than that. And I've actually put together quite a few things in this house. And it's like, it's your whole weekend. Yeah. And so, but my wife's asked me to put together this shelf like multiple times. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do it this weekend. But I'm not actually promising to do it. I'm just like intending to do it. And if yeah. I get the time, I'll do it. And if I don't, I don't. And my <laughs> wife hasn't like, she hasn't like necessarily held me accountable for it or uh, I mean, she's expressed frustration a couple of times. 
But I just thought it was a really interesting thing because there's a big difference between, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do it this week and uh, I'm going to do it Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Yeah. Uh, because the, 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 the second one is much more likely to happen. Yep. And what then happens is I say, um, uh, you know, she'll say, Hey, can you wake up early with Teddy and do this thing? Or, uh, you, can you take the kids for a walk? I'd like to, you know, I, I have some work to do, whatever. Like I would then say like, I, I actually can't remember I'm putting the thing together between eight and 11. Right. And I, I think that a lot of times what happens in, in, in schools and just in life in general is that, you know, somebody tells like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll definitely do that. But they're not actually in their head. They're not promising that they'll do it. They more have an intention that they'll do it. And then they don't because in their mind, they're like, well, I, I tried. I, I, I tried to make some time. I didn't have right. the time. But yep. the person on the other end is like really frustrated. And so. I don't know, just for my personal life too, but we've been talking a lot about accountability in our work. And uh, I think it's a good, it's a good uh, way to think about when we say yes to things. Are we actually saying yes in the manner that feels like, yes, absolutely, by end of day Thursday, by 5 p.m. Thursday, uh, or are we like, yeah, 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 I'll try. Um, and there's a, there's a difference there, right? Absolutely. And, and Michael, I'll give you some, um, some, a suggestion what you should just call a task rabbit um, <laughs> and, and just pay someone to do it. And that way you, everyone gets happy and you don't have to put anything together and the shelf gets put together. But I don't put uh, that either. I call a task rabbit or uh, friends that like doing that kind of stuff, but I do not. Yes, I, I should, I should do that. I should call a task rabbit. We, we have done that before. At this point, it just feels like my, my, uh, my Everest and I just need to, I just need to, I need to accomplish it on my, on my own. Hey, uh, quick thing, man. Uh, for no good reason. I got a dog the other day <laughs> for no good reason. I woke up in the really? morning. Yeah. I woke up in the morning. I texted my wife. We were in different cities. I texted my wife. I said, um, would you kill me if I got a dog today and brought home a dog? And she wrote, no, just one word, no. And I didn't know if she meant like, no, I wouldn't kill you or no, don't no, get a don't. freaking dog, <laughs> right? So then I like texted her again, like I'm being all sly. I'm like, uh, can you clarify that? No, like don't or no, you won't kill me. So she said, no, I won't kill you. And so I went to this place, I drove home. I went to this place not far from where I live and fell in love with this little uh, poodle Pomeranian mix named, they named her Foxy because she looks like a fox, but we named her Molly. No, no significance there. My oldest son's just like, <laughs> how about Chloe? My wife's like, I hate Chloe. She's like, how about Cleo? She's like, I hate that name. I'm like, Gina, you gotta like, you gotta hook this kid up at some point. He's putting himself out there. He's taking chances. He's thinking of names. He goes, how about Molly? She's like, I hate that. I hate the name. I'm like, we have to go with this. This is this is the dog's name. So anyway, there's a uh, a 17 week old uh, uh, Pomadou puppy running around my house, biting on everything and uh, going to the bathroom on the floor. But uh, she's a she's a sweetheart, man. And uh, we're 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 all like we're all crushing pretty hard on her right now. So who's going to be responsible for holding the dog accountable? Who's going to do this training and all this work? So. It's good. It's a good question. So it's been uh, it's been predominantly me, uh, but my wife is very well aware that I am back on the road real soon, 
and that um, I'm flying. I'm flying to Dallas, Texas, in three days, and I'm going to be gone for yeah. a while. I'm going away this weekend, and then I'm going to Dallas next week, and uh, and so she's going to be on. She's going to be on 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 the on duty. I was going to say, and that's like probably literally. Um, so you went and got a dog uh, for her to take care of, not for you. Yeah, you know, I got a dog. My wife's not busy enough, so I got her a dog to take care of because <laughs> um, she she needs more she needs more things to do. I hope she doesn't um, listen to this episode. <laughs> what'd you say? I hope she doesn't listen to this episode. She she doesn't listen to our show. Um, she okay. told me that she actually doesn't like uh, she doesn't like the things that you say very much. Oh, she loves cool. me. She loves me, but she doesn't. She's not a fan of your like your uh, your yeah, contribution. I think you're channeling again. You're doing it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She has not listened to the show. I don't know why. That is a uh, that is a uh, well. She's know, not the only one. Time. Neither have I. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Nobody knows this. You have not yet listened to one episode, right? I have not listened to one single episode. I've um, tell 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 the uh, listeners why 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 that is. Cause that's weird. I mean, I'm, I'm here, I'm live. I don't want to hear my voice. Like if you've ever, I'm sure like most, you know, like singers don't like to hear their own recordings and yeah, I'm just, I don't want to hear my voice. I think it's weird. It's like out of body experience. Uh, you know, like Johnny Depp has supposedly not seen any movies he's ever been in. Do you know this? No, I can. Well, I'm not surprised if you had said, yeah, I'm not surprised by Johnny Depp at all. You're the Johnny Depp of this podcast. <laughs> that's especially the 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 trouble he's in right now. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's in some big trouble. I'm sorry. I should not make. I should not make all of that. Hey, uh, quickly before we talk about what we're drinking, okay. let's talk about last night. So you and I are in Philadelphia together last night, and. Oh, yeah. We both say we're going to drive home to New York separately. We have separate cars. We oh. usually take the train, but we both happen to be both happen to drive yesterday. Yep. And we walk out of a school at uh, five fifteen at night, and we we were debating going to grab a bite to eat and grabbing a drink. Uh, but instead, we decided to skip it. And I hop right on the road to, to go home, and you're going to gather some things and then get on the road like an hour or two later. Yep. And I drive straight into the middle of Hurricane Ida. And I am on the New Jersey Turnpike with tractor trailers. I always drive on the truck side. For folks who live in the Northeast, you can drive on the car side or you can drive on the truck side. And my dad kind of trained me when I was younger. He's like, the truck side has less traffic. Those tr the truck drivers are crazy. They drive a million miles an hour. And so I always like go to the truck side because cars are allowed to go on that side. But last night, I'm on the truck side with these tractor trailers going a million miles an hour. And dude, it was so bad. I couldn't, I couldn't see, I couldn't see the car in front of me. It was oh. raining so hard. And I actually called you and told you, yeah. I was like, don't, I'm like, don't, don't do this. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm going over the Gothels bridge to get from New Jersey to Staten Island. And I thought I was going to get, I thought we were going to like get blown off into the, into the water, man. It was crazy. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, I, I'm glad you called me to tell me not to because, you know, after you see the aftermath of all of the the flooding, I would have been right in the middle of that. So I appreciated you. I wish you had stayed in Philly and not got on the road, but I'm glad you made it safely and I'm glad I stayed put in Philly. 
even though Philly was really fl- got flooded really badly as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Philly. I mean, a lot of our school leaders today, their teachers couldn't get to school they because they were flooded. There, there were there were trees down. I mean, this was like no joke. Um, well, look, man, we're all we're safe. I know not everybody was. So sending sending best wishes to anybody who uh, you know who had trouble last night. But um, let's talk about our last question, man. Yes. Thought about changing this question for this year. And having like a healthier podcast. So like, uh, what are you? Uh, drinking you know, is healthy. In moderation. You think drinking is healthy in moderation. Do you drink in moderation? Yes. I do everything you in moderation. Do? Got it. See, I don't. You know that about me. I don't, right? Yep, correct. I do know that. <laughs> that's, that's our we, goal we, for, for next year. <laughs> when we, um, at the beginning of this, Antonio is going to tell you what he's drinking in a second. But he asked me if I was having a drink, and I said, uh, no, um, because I, I have to still work out today. And you said, what does drinking have to do with working out? And it was such a bizarre statement to me, because in my mind, it's like you're either being healthy or you're being unhealthy. There's no, like, there's no, you can, you can do both. It's your, your, you're doing, the thing you're doing, you're doing as if your life depends on it. And there's no way you would start doing something unhealthy. Like I couldn't like, I can't start my day with like a bad meal and then get healthy at like noon. Like if my wife, and she really does, she's like, hey, do you want to order breakfast from the diner? If I, if I, if she says that and I say yes, that is the end of my entire day. I am eating buffalo wings by noon. The first beer is cracked by 1 p.m., pizza by 5 p.m. And I'm like eating spaghetti on the couch at midnight because I'm like, no, that's what my day is. I've gone in this direction. <laughs> and that's what, and that's what I'm, and that's what I'm doing. Is that crazy or is that normal? No, it's, I mean, it's insane. Um, <laughs> but we've grown to, to love this about you. So it's, it's totally, you, <laughs> Michael, that's absurd. It is, right? Yeah, yeah it's pretty absurd. Wait, wait, wait till I tell you what my workout is later. You, what are you drinking right I know now? I see it. workout is absurd. Um, I am drinking, I just opened a bottle of wine that I've had for a while that a friend of mine bought from, from Spain called Bacanismo. It's really good. And I was saving it for something special, but the summer wasn't really all that special. So we'll celebrate. You're down on, you're, you're, season one you're really down on this last summer, man. Yeah. I just, I felt like, you know, lat, this, you know, during 2020 summer, I was like, oh my God, next year, I'm just going to like, oh, you know, yeah. just because we missed 2020 summer. And I was like, oh, 2021 summer will be like, you know, rock stars, like we'll be like partying on Mars or something. And that just didn't happen. So, but hold on here. All right. Because you've told me about your new apartment where you're living. Yeah. And from what you've said, this is like party central. Are you, are you, is this, you got like, you got like parties going on there every night, right? And you're building? <laughs> parties every night. No, 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 no. I have work to do. I'm a, I'm not saying you. I'm saying that people in your building oh, there, like to get after it. There's a lot going on. It feels like a college dorm, but 20 years older. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually afford stuff. I feel like, but yeah, I feel like I'm back in college, but I can actually afford to buy nice things. Got it. But Got yeah, it. still Got not it. the same summer. It's not the same. So. But you did have a birthday bash that you said you planned for. You I like did. actually had a planning committee for your birthday, right? I did. Like a it party was even, planning committee? 
yeah, it was all part of like, look, I, we didn't celebrate last year. So this year, like, let's do it big. Let's see people we haven't seen in a while. Um, and that was amazing. That was that that was the second highlight of the summer, second to Mexico. Got it. Got it. Um, I am not drinking. I'm uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, yeah. Well, true. But I also am going down tomorrow. So I'm uh, going down to Philly tomorrow morning and then going down to D.C. Uh, tomorrow night because um, we are going to the West Virginia versus Maryland football game mm. in Maryland on Saturday. And so I'm going to be there with my two lunatic cousins. Well, one's a lunatic, one's normal. Uh, but uh, we are going to be likely on Saturday drinking beer from, I'd say, uh, I'd say a uh, rough estimate, 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. And uh, I am saving my, my energy for that. But I, I will also say, and you know this, but our audience doesn't. I, for, for some uh, odd reason, I committed at the beginning of this calendar year to, to doing three things this year. One is to run, walk, or bike the amount of miles that's actually in the year. So 2021, right? So I'm going to run walk or bike 2021 miles because this is the year 2021 so i'm at just over 1800 miles so i'm i'm well ahead of i'm well ahead of the pace i also said i was going to read 12 books i am at six so i'm behind the pace but there are like four books that i'm i'm reading four books at once right now which is not wise but there are like four books that i'm like within 20 or 30 pages of finishing so i think i'll be good there but the third one is I committed to doing 100,000 push-ups, which is incredibly daunting. And uh, I was ahead of the pace as we got into June, and then I tore a muscle in my back. And when I mean tore, I mean I heard it yeah. crackle. It crackled. I mean, I, I, had, I went to the emergency room. It was so bad. Uh, and... Uh, and I was I was sidelined for a month and a half, and so now I am I'm at just over sixty two thousand pushups for the year, and I am behind the pace, and so I still owe I have to do I have to average three hundred and twenty pushups a day, for the for every single day for the rest of the year to to get to one hundred thousand, and I'm at two forty for today. So if I drink right now, I'm not I just know I won't do my hundred pushups or my. 80 pushups that I still owe. I'll probably do 120 and get to 360. I'm trying to like get a little bit ahead of the game, but it is going to be an absolute grind to get to 100,000. And I am like, um, I am, I am, uh, I am not totally confident right now that I'm going to get there. And to our listeners, this is the type of insanity that we bring to coaching school leaders. Like this That's is right. how serious and intense um skyrocket education is so i appreciate folks getting an insight into the 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 madness behind um the work that we do <laughs> i can barely um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next year man i'm gonna do something again i'll invite you next year you can uh it's too late now but we'll start <laughs> you can start in 2022 man I'm uh <laughs> what'd you say I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's talk. Antonio's shaking his head no to the, to the listeners. 
Oh, quickly before we start, uh, your favorite movie that we spoke about, you know, eons ago is uh, Serial Mom. Yes. And uh, one of our one of our our friends, uh, you know, a, a school leader, but also a, a big listener of the show, says that when you brought up Serial Mom, <laughs> she uh, had flashbacks. I guess she'd seen that movie when she was younger, and maybe thought it was going to be one thing, but it wound up being something different. And she said she was like laughing hysterically as you were talking about it, but also getting like flashbacks of the movie and says that still to this day, I guess there's a scene where uh, the serial mom uses scissors to uh, to take somebody down. Is that yeah, accurate? Yeah. yeah. So she says that still to this day, she, when she walks past a pair of scissors, she's thinking that she thinks of them less as a, a useful tool and more as a murder weapon. That's, that's hopefully she's not a serial mom, but yep, that's that's right up the alley. <laughs> Again, Listen, not man, a kid friendly show. Not a kid friendly show. Not a kid friendly show. I'm gonna watch it with my dog later, um, <laughs> while, while my wife listens to our podcast. Hey, man, let's talk about schools. What are you seeing at schools? What's playing out? Uh, we uh, folks are back in buildings, and I'm not yeah. sure. This school year might even be more unpredictable than last year because we've got folks and some folks who are just totally kicking ass and things are great. And then other folks who, by the way, are kicking ass as well, but they're 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 in covid protocols. Folks in some states got last minute uh, last minute mandates around masks. Some folks in some of our other partner partner schools uh, who are in states where governors are, are are mandating no masks and uh some districts are adhering to that yep some uh some uh districts are are fighting back against that there there there's i mean there's just there's drama in every every way uh in every uh you know different form and shape and all within that we've got students coming back to school some who haven't been in school in 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 you know a year and a half in in brick and mortar what's uh what are you seeing man and what should folks be on the lookout for yeah you know i mean i mentioned it before you know i've seen a lot of energized uh teachers and a lot of energized school leaders and i think that one of the messages that's really resounding and that i've been you know is to like get rid of this expectation that things are going to be, you know, quote unquote, the way that they were. And mm. I think that we really have to think um, differently. Like last year was certainly an exception. And just because we're back in the building doesn't mean that things are going to look like and feel like the way they did before. And, you know, I've been in multiple schools already. And just like you said, like having the nurse uh, walking up and down the hallway doing, you know, mm. COVID tests for students and, uh, all of the new protocols and, and this new focus, uh, I mean, schools have always been a place where uh, safety has been first, but this means something completely different now. And I think that we have to shed this ideal that things are going to be, you know, what they were in January of 2019. They're, they're not. Mm. And I think we just have to be okay with that and start to look for ways to to, to move forward. And also, I think there's like this new uh, focus on like 
I've, I've never heard, you know, leaders talk so much about mindfulness and mm. um, student health and safety in ways that we, the way that we're talking about them now. And I, I mean, I think it's, you know, I wish it did not take this pandemic to get us to think about uh, student, you know, mindfulness and, and well-being. But, you know, it is sort of a new rejuvenated feeling that there is this focus now um, into to how your staff, I mean, I've, every leader I've been talking to, staff joy. How are we making folks happy? How are we energizing? Right. How are we cheerleading um, both our staff and our students? And I think that, you know, that that's going to be the theme for leaders and teachers this year is how are we going to keep folks energized in this new, uh, this new environment, this new way of thinking and learning? Yeah, I, I love that idea. I'm, I'm, I'm gleaning a couple things from what you said, but that there, there, there almost is, despite, um, and, and folks, Antonio's pouring himself a second glass of wine. You just have to know this. You put, did you put yourself on mute so people wouldn't hear the gurgling of the wine? Is that what you did? <laughs> You're not supposed to break the fourth wall. <laughs> There's, brother, man, we broke the fourth wall in two, two minutes into episode one. Um, Stop breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> Fourth wall has has been broken, has been shattered. That there's maybe maybe a silver lining here. And it it leads me to one of my biggest concerns. uh, And that's that I think that in the last year plus, teachers have decided that they want to do something different. And and I, I don't actually have any hard and fast data on that. And we don't make a habit of saying things if we don't have data to back it up. So I want to be clear to our, to our audience that I, I don't necessarily have the numbers here, but I just feel like anecdotally, there are people who are like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to do something else, whether it's on social media or whether it's just conversations I'm having with school leaders uh, and, and, and people are, are saying, I'm, I'm out of here and I'm, I'm going to go do something different. Uh, and I love that what we're seeing play out is leaders who are really focused on, on joy and mindfulness and teacher satisfaction, because I do think that that's a place that really every leader can get, can get stronger. But man, it is making me nervous that this thing long-term is not sustainable. And I'm not talking about out in the suburbs where folks get a job and let's just call it what it is. You, you get a job and you're there for 30 years and you're like, Hey, things are, you know, like this is good. I'm going to get my X amount of raise per year. Uh, you know, I'm, I set up my classroom. I, I get to, you know, school starts on September 8th. I get there September 7th. I'm teaching this same lesson on March 1st that I've been teaching for the last 20 years. And I know that it's not always like that in some places, but I do know that it is like that in some places. I'm talking about the cities, man. I'm talking about places where poverty is high, where trauma is high, where student support is often low. And I'm, I'm seeing people leave, leave the profession, man. Are you seeing this yeah, as you know, well? And, and are you concerned about it? Yeah. You know, I think that, I mean, one, we're seeing this in lots of fields, not just in education. I mean, I went to a Dunkin' Donuts and it was only the drive-thru was open because people didn't come into work. 
to to work in. It was only the drive through open. So I think they're like they're like first off, there's like this big sort of like reset. Um, I think that, I mean, I don't I don't want to get in trouble for saying this. I think there are two camps, right? I think there are the the teachers that are like the steadfast like educators. Um, that are really struggling with like, you know, there was like just a major stress last year. Yeah. So rethinking and reconsidering. There's also a camp and like, I don't mean this in any offensive way, but we all know like there are, there are folks that are in the teaching um, community that like there are folks that came on board and was like, Hey, you know what? I'm really good at math. I'm going to go be a math teacher or I'm really good at science and I'm just going to be a science teacher. And not that those folks can't be great teachers, but I think that um, like this has been a sh- like that sort of like pressure test. Like, are you in this for kids, kids, kids? Um, not, not necessarily some folks that have like double dutched into the career. Like, oh, you know, this is sort of like where I fit and this is where I don't. And I, I really believe that, um, that there's been an ex a, a mass exodus um, from folks that that maybe you know this career wasn't all that they thought it was or where they where they thought they were going to be and I know that I mean I, I have a friend who was a teacher and they were like you know what I like literature and I like reading but like teaching was just not for me already I was already struggling and this mm. sort of like pushed me over the edge and of course like we don't have data to to support you know what percentage of teachers are like, you know, career teachers versus folks mm-hmm. that may have done like a, you know, a, a, you know, something else to, to become a teacher. Um, I do believe that that folks will come back. I do believe that schools are going to have to rethink their recruitment and their retention strategies. Um, it's a, it, it's not the same anymore. And yeah. we can't keep doing what we did in the past to sort of rectify um, sort of, you know, a lot of the, the stresses that are happening now. That's interesting, man. I, and I, I want to, I want to clarify something I said before, because, uh, and we don't, we don't usually like, uh, backtrack on things we say on this show, but I just want to be clear that the, the, the folks I'm describing the lifelong 30 year teacher, sure. you know, here's your, here's your, here are your keys. I'll see you when you retire short of doing something insane. You can never get fired. You make 130 grand a year or whatever it is at top, you know, your top salary. I am not knocking that at all. Um, I am not knocking that. That's those are the those are the the teachers that taught me when I was growing up. By the way, I didn't in hindsight, I don't think any of them were really were really great. But that's not really the point. I am not knocking that the folks who are in that boat. I am talking about the folks who you're talking about who. aren't necessarily like, I'm going to do this for the next 30 years. This is my career. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I think we spend a lot of time at Skyrocket and you and I talking about like who's in it for kids and who's not. got to tell you though, man, this feels a little bit, well, maybe it feels a lot different. I think there are some people who don't even know if they're in it for kids yet. I think there are some people, right? Like, I think there are some people who are like, you know, I'm four years into my career. I make, you know, $48,000. By the way, I'm not knocking that, right? If you're listening, please don't, don't think I'm knocking that salary, but I'm working, you know, 70 hours a week. 
in a mask all day and we're quarantining and I'm, I learned to teach hybrid virtual last year and now this more stuff coming this year. And I, I think that I think that some people who are already maybe headed out or maybe didn't even know yet if they wanted to do this forever are, are, are heading out, man. And that makes me nervous. I mean, I, I think when I mean, we've talked about it, I mean, we, there is a, a solution here, not the solution, but, and this, there's not, I'm not about to say anything revelatory, but teachers need to get paid a heck of a lot more than they get paid. man. I mean, we've, We've talked about, you and I have talked about starting something called the $100,000 teacher. And that, um, and it's just in its very early stages. I mean, so early that like we've had, we've talked about it like once or twice over some years. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> could we figure out a way? Like, right. No, no, I'm not, I'm not putting anything else on our plates right now. <laughs> um, but could we figure out a way that sure. like teachers after, for three years or four years, we're making a hundred grand. Uh, and then after 10 years, it's 120, right? And then like folks are like, I mean, it's not like the money is not out there. Yeah. It's not like it's not out there. Uh, but how do we, because I, I do think that there are folks who love kids, love their content, don't necessarily make what's considered traditionally to be a ton of, ton of money teaching but say like, yeah, this is what, what I want to do. And this is how I want to spend my time. And this is what I care about who, who potentially uh, in the last like 18 months have said, uh, you know what, like I could actually do something different than this right. and um, it'd be le a lot less stress. Right. right. I mean, and, and Michael, in addition to money, how, how are we keeping teachers excited yeah. about teaching and learning? How are we developing coaching, supporting teachers to not just feel successful, but actually mm. be successful. Mm. And right, I mean, money is great, but if you come home after, you know, a data analysis day and your students haven't reached the outcomes that they want, um, you know, that, you know, that you, that you want and that your students deserve, I mean, th there's so much that is involved in teaching um, and that, I mean, obviously, like when you get a win, like you go for it, but the losses can be really, really heavy. And then if you add on, you know, all of the other complexities, um, getting feedback, that's, you know, we talked about leaders that, you know, don't give the greatest feedback or don't give feedback at all. Mm. I mean, there's just so much weight um, that, that teachers um, have to carry sometimes. And of course, it's not every school and every teacher. But mm. I, I do think like that is contributory to um, some of the exits um, that we've seen. I mean, I, I work with a school that is doing great. All of their teachers returned. Um, they have a, a hundred percent retention. Their teachers are happy. Their teachers are being developed. Their mm. teachers are being coached authentically. Mm. Um, there are no quick gimmicks. Um, oh, here's a bonus for this, or here's extra money for this. Like, no, we are in this for a reason. There's an aligning vision. There are goals that make sense. Like all of the things that we talk about um, are in place. So money is important. It is like, we're not going to sit here in front. Like nobody cares about money, but there are, are tons of other ways that schools need to get real about um, if they plan on, in, in, you know, retaining and keeping uh, their best talent. I think the, I, I agree, man, that uh, because there are schools like the one you're describing where everybody came back. 
and we talk, we work with a lot of, uh, a lot of schools and districts where the money conversation comes up and it's a point of, uh, it's a point of frustration for us sometimes, or maybe not a point of frustration, but a point of pushback when a leader says, well, I lost three teachers because we don't pay enough. And I was like, and we'll say like, well, how come the school down the block hasn't lost anybody? They, they pay the same amount as you. And that there's like an organizational culture that leaders can build, develop, build, however you want to call it, and sustain that, that, uh, that contributes to more teachers yep. staying and feeling valued and feeling like this is a place where I would take less money to work. We actually just had somebody join our team recently who actually took less money to come on board than they were currently making. Yeah. And that that that's a that that's a, a culture piece there that, that for that person was yeah. was more aligned. I do think I'm going to come back to my same point, and every every person listening to this with whom we work is going to probably going to hold me accountable at some point for saying this. But I do think this feels a little different this year. That all the stuff I'm saying, I feel like really resonates up until. The, like the middle of 2020. And now I think there are people who are like, you know what? I'd effing stay if I was making 90 grand, but I'm making, I'm making 42 and I'm out of here. Um, and uh, I love kids. I love teaching. I love the profession. Um, I'm not getting paid enough money and I could be wrong. Uh, maybe not 42 to 90, but maybe 42 to 60 or something like that or 55 or something that feels like I'm getting more my, my time is being valued more. Um, I don't think that that's the main conversation around education. I don't right. even think it's like even in the top five things, uh, but I do think it's, it's present now. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, is there like a mindset that was formed during the pandemic when folks were working from home, mm. same salary and now you feel like you do more commuting traffic you know parking yeah. that's interesting like maybe there's a, a mindset and a feel like hey i just spent a year doing the same role same job from home and some folks were successful there are schools that have wonderful success stories of of uh, distance learning at home learning and hybrid um and then there's some places that don't have success stories. And I'm, I'm wondering, was there a, was that sort of formative of some of the mindsets around, and now I'm back and you want me to make, you know, maybe you gave me a little raise um, and, and now I have to do almost double, triple the work that I just did. And well, might be a, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I think that's a good, it's a good way to think about it. Um, speaking of like virtual and hybrid, do you think we're going to go back at some point this year to distance learning or you think we are um that we, we are like like in this at this point like in person you know i think and you mentioned earlier there are lots of obviously you know we have 50 different department of educations really right with 50 different states making their own little rules and locales i will say this um, like in my mind, my hope, my, my prayer, my aspiration is that schools remain in person and that adults, children, everyone that 
that schools adopt enough safety measures so that we can safely continue to, to do this until there's like, you know, a minimal impact from, you know, what's going on. I will say, um, and, and of course, there's still going to be pockets of closure openings. I mean, I have a friend that works in school in Georgia and their school closed down for three weeks. Um, mm -hmm. And then you're planning on reopening. Like, that's going to happen. I'm also a scientist at heart, right? And, you know, there, <laughs> I mean, I am. And like, I, if there's anything that I think, you know, as a scientist, I've always thought, and I'm sure like folks are now even more realizing is that you can never count mother nature out. Like you just can't like, you know, now there's the, the mu variant um, that's just emerging. Um, and What's so, it like, called? Mu, the Greek letter mu, mu. Mu, right? Yeah. You, you, you want to do the Greek alphabet? I, I will. I cannot do that. I, oh man, we're gonna work on your Greek alphabet. Can you do? You can do the whole alphabet. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. Of course care I can. Do it, care to do it now? Forward and backwards. Really? Of course. Let's hear. Let's hear it. Let's hear it forward. Can you do it? Of course. Well, I've had a, a glass of wine. Alpha, <laughs> beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, iota, kappa, lambda, mu, nu, xi, omicron, pi, rho, sigma, tau, upsilon. Theta, eta, zeta. Oh, I think I messed up. Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, eta, theta, iota, kappa, lambda, mu, nu, xi, omicron, pi, rho, sigma, tau, upsilon. Why I keep stopping at upsilon? Some, some, oh, you know what comes okay. next? You know what comes what? next? Qdoba. Qdoba is the one you're messing up. You're oh, messing gosh. up Qdoba. Why keep messing up at upsilon? That's really funny. Yeah, anyway, I got it halfway there. Wait, you call it Upsilon or Epsilon? Is it Upsilon? Yeah, UP. There's Epsilon and Upsilon. Upsilon. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like you would make a mistake on Upsilon. Like it's, yeah. you know, oops. Um, so there's a mu, a mu variant that's, I haven't yeah. heard of this. Yeah. Got it. So like, you know, like I just, I, I think that we're just, we're, Again, schools are going to have to be able to pivot um, and have really strong systems. And I, I, that's definitely something that all the schools that I've been working with, making sure that we have contingencies in place um, and just be able to, if there is some sort of like craziness that happens, that we're able to make a switch and keep things running like a well-oiled machine, regardless of, of where we are. And, um, you know, that's part of that that tool belt that te that leaders are going to have to have in their in their back pocket and keep their staff, you know, ready um, at any moment um, to, to make that switch. I was talking you know. to some <clears throat> I was talking to some leaders today and uh, they just welcomed students back. And uh, one of them said, um, you know, I knew that I knew that like learning loss was going to be real. She's like, but. I've got third graders that that are like more like first graders, mm -hmm. uh, not just around their re like third graders who can't count to thirty. She even talked about some some students who don't know how to tie their shoes yet at that age, and um, uh, and that 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 to her was was uh, really surprising, and so I actually think your predictions about all this stuff are. Are, uh, are, are, are they're aligned to what I believe is going to happen as well, which is we'll stay in person this year with a bunch of bumps 
Uh, I think the vaccine is going to get approved for little kids in the winter is what they're saying. And so we'll get a bunch of shots in, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of kids' arms uh, in the winter months, and we'll all get our boosters and uh, maybe things will settle down into 2022. But I definitely think we're in for like, be, you know, like, you know, when the pilot comes on and says, uh, uh, folks, we're asking the flight attendants to have a seat. We are turning on the fastened seatbelt sign. We are suspending, uh, you know, drink service at this point. We are about to fly into some rough weather. Uh, it feels, uh, it feels like that. Um, it feels like that's on the horizon. And you and I are not cynical people. I think anybody who listens to the show knows that. Um, it just feels like there's just a lot of moving parts right now. And there are, um, you know, millions and millions and millions of vulnerable people, children mm-hmm. first and foremost, um, in schools who are going to, who are going to catch some variant, you know, God willing, they're fine, but it's still going to cause quarantines and, and folks to shut down a bit. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that the, the term learning loss has gotten this like bad name. I think it's uh, been unfairly used or maybe folks have used it to uh, imply that or maybe folks have taken it to mean that they haven't educators haven't done everything possible in the last year right. and a half. Uh, or that like folks have been haven't like the kids haven't learned anything. Mm-hmm. or that it's been an entirely a wash. I don't think that, I mean, certainly you and I don't mean it like that when we talk about it, but maybe that's why it's, it's, been, uh, it's been shot down in some circles. Yeah. But man, I see it in my own children. I think it's the realest thing out there. And I think kids are going to be so freaking far behind. Uh, and not that we can't catch them up, but um, I think that I think that folks are, you know, and, and educators are going to have even more work to do around teaching a third grader both the second grade content they missed, well, the third grade content, but spiraling back in the second grade content that they missed, so they're able to do because my students can't do X because they don't know how to do Y, so I've got to teach them X while I'm teaching them Y, and that's going to require even more uh, skill and coaching and support. Uh, for teachers. Yeah. No, I agree. Speaking of learning loss, the fact that I can't remember the Greek alphabet, <laughs> I, and I remember now is Upsilon Phi Chi Psi Omega. Got it. Sorry. Got it. Were you just thinking about that while I was uh, while I was I, the whole time you were talking? I'm like, what is after Upsilon? I'm sorry, but I was listening. Look, I was thinking about our password for tonight. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but. <laughs> I was going to say that we should make our password tonight double Dutch because you, you used the term twice already about somebody, du- yeah, somebody double Dutching in and stepping in in a circumstance. But now I think we should go with Upsilon. Upsilon's yeah, the password, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I said double Dutch twice. Yeah. Um, it's not, a, it's not back. a, would you I'm say? Listen to this episode now. <laughs> you are not going to listen to this episode. I know you won't. Um, Look, really, loss. truly, it doesn't matter what you say on the podcast. You don't ever listen to it anyway. So that's true. You can say whatever. This is great. You so, this is great, I, man. I don't believe I said double. I don't even know where that word even came from. It must be because I've been at elementary schools lately. Um, 
<laughs> which yeah learning loss look um it, it has become like this like buzzword like sort of you know i i, I like the term like missed learning because i, I think yeah. you know learning yeah. loss like i mean yeah. have kids forgotten how to read have they forgotten how to count have they forgotten how to do some of the like stuff that they've learned i mean we haven't been in school since you know whenever we have we didn't we haven't lost it i think that there hasn't been any like new acquisition practicing um that stuff has has definitely taken a hit and when we talk about like loss right it's 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 relative like we're thinking about like standards and pacing and coherence maps mm. um and what you know what the, the sort of like where kids should be at x grade and i think you know, we're gonna just we're, we're gonna have to shift that and and the way that 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 we think and approach. And of course, you're absolutely right. Teachers are gonna have to do this really um, interesting balancing act. You know, we did a conference on this in the spring where we brought educators together to talk yeah. about let's look at standards. How are we going to look at coherence and and continue to accelerate learning? We're my fear, your fear. Um, and lots of other people's fears that I walk into a sixth grade classroom and there are fifth or fourth grade standards being taught. Yeah. And yeah. that is that that is a challenge. I mean, I, I'm a teacher. I know I've been there when when students have come into my chemistry class, my 11th grade chemistry class and and struggled to for multiplication. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm not going to pause and stop to teach multiplication tables. I'm going to give students the tools that they need to access the current information. And so that is really the the vice that teachers are going to find themselves and leaders are going to find themselves in this year is how do I balance making sure that we are accelerating, we're also scaffolding and giving students what they need so that they can access information and and keep the will will going from what they do know. And I mean to if you think about it, even though kids missed some content, they learned skills that we've always been trying to push kids to learn. Yeah, They've learned yeah, some new yeah. digital skills. I mean, I know adults that are still struggling with Zoom and Google Meet. Um, they are experts at it now. Um, they found ways to trick the adults and, and, and to use online platforms and submit their work electronically um, to collaborate with their peers virtually in different ways. Like there are different and new skills. So I wouldn't count it as a total loss. Um, that there I, are certainly new things that have been done, and that term "learning loss," I don't, I, I, I don't like it. Um, there's definitely some mislearning though that we're going to have to go back and fill in the gaps. Yeah, I, I love the way you you're, you frame that, and uh, I, I like the term mislearning better as well, um, because you're right, and I, I do think uh, there's a. Um, there is uh, there is something different about, hey, third graders, I'm going to put you in a breakout room with three other third graders, and you're going to be on your own for five minutes to do a thing. And certainly you and I have both seen that go really poorly, but in places where teachers have provided really explicit instructions for students, I think we've seen collaboration in addition to the digital skills you're talking about and, yeah. uh, you know, children just becoming so technologically savvy. 
yeah. I think that there has been a collaboration piece. I see it with my own, with my own kids, particularly my oldest. Um, you know, obviously I don't get to see him when he's in brick and mortar classrooms, but I've, I've seen his confidence grow uh, in the digital space. You have to project your voice louder because, because, yeah. you know, like the teacher can't like, you know, like you, you can't like teacher might not be able to hear you and you're, uh, you know, you're, 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 there's, I don't know if it's, you're, you're hiding behind your screen. That probably makes it seem negative, but there's like, I don't know. It just feels like he's been more, uh, willing to share and willing to hop on the mic. There's a, and maybe it's, maybe it's also like, if I don't do it now, somebody else will jump in. So I do think that there are some wins there. And I love that term mislearning because that's really what, that's really what it is, right? It's less mm -hmm. around what what students forgot though that that is a real thing i mean students do come oh, yeah. back i mean they call it the summer slide right so what's the what is this the covid slide i'm i'm certain that students have forgotten things but but uh your your ideas around like hey like we just you know we pivoted in march 2020 and you know didn't get the go ahead from our school district until may to actually teach and now you know and even last year we still i mean teachers kicked ass virtually, but it's still, you know, four hours a day versus six or seven or whatever it might be. So there is stuff that was missed. And I think yeah. all of this is balanced within this, like, uh, within this, um, I, I don't know, like conversation for lack of a better term, uh, or, or even, uh, let's use this term like ecosystem that has to, at least in my opinion, and I believe you share, share a similar one that, has to be focused on, you know, school-wide systems and routines and culture before yeah. we could even talk about about mislearning. You see how I, you see how I just used the term? You see how I just did that? Right what, there? Mislearning. No, I, used, I said double dutch. You said double dutch? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Roll back the footage. <laughs> Roll back the tape. No, but I, I do think there are a lot of there are a lot of schools and a lot of leaders we know who are like instruction, instruction, yeah. instruction, instruction, and we're yeah. like yes, and you have students who've never been in your building, you have yep. teachers who are in year three, going into year three who have spent the overwhelming majority of their career teaching to boxes on a screen, not their yep. own choice, not their own doing, and I'm sure they kicked ass, but like there's like you're gonna have like there's like there's a difference between being able to mute Johnny, right? Yeah. And uh, Johnny's walking around my room screaming, right? Like teachers and schools have to have airtight procedures for entering and exiting the building and entering and exit the, uh, exiting the lunchroom. Uh, you know, and, and the COVID stuff, uh, the COVID stuff uh, increases that. And what are my procedures for handing in homework and all these different things that some teachers haven't had to think about in the last yeah. couple of years and some folks i mean look it's just it's just natural i mean you remember your first presentation after like we got you know we got we opened back up and your feet were you know i'm just i'm i mean i'm i'm i'm, I'm speaking for myself i'm saying like you like in general like royal you like my feet hurt my voice was gone i'm like man i had to remember how to do this thing yeah. i think that a lot for a lot of teachers that's part of that's part of what's happening as well yeah, you know, Michael, I, I've talked to a few school leaders um, about that in the last you know, few weeks. You know, on, on one hand, Michael, students have not forgotten how to act and behave in schools. 
they know the difference between learning in their bedroom at their kitchen table and being at school. Like they know those things. You have to have what 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 will be missing are the systems. We got to remember that's like, right. Kids and adults thrive on like people, humans. We thrive on knowing and like having predictability, predictability and things in place. And no one like we've had a lot of of discomfort lately because we've had to do things a different way. You know, you had to set up your classroom at your kitchen table, yeah. right? Like, and so I think that we we cannot lose sight of making sure that we get back. I mean, teachers have always had to have airtight classroom procedures mm -hmm. you know, for handing in things and coming in and out and cafeterias have always had to have really tight systems and post assignments and things set up but now yes. more than ever those things must be clear they have to be mm -hmm. crystal clear and i've been working i work with tons of leaders i'm like hey that sounds great you just have oh cafeteria posts well what the hell does that mean right, no you are right. standing by the exit at at 1203 and you are ensuring that every single student is sitting and and at this particular school in their cafeteria the the students have assigned seats they were so worried that students were going to push back yeah. about having assigned seats in cafeterias the kids didn't care but like are your adults making sure that all the systems for those things to happen are in place well, like kids haven't forgotten what schools are like here here's why the kids here's when the kids would care in that scenario is if mm -hmm. they gave assigned seats and some students weren't sitting in their assigned seats and yep. adults weren't doing anything about that and and then it starts to become the rules don't matter here yep. uh i feel potentially i feel unsafe or at the very least i don't know what's going to happen next and yep. so I I uh, I don't know if I totally agree with you that students haven't forgotten at least some what what school looks like and what it feels like. I do think that there is some like, hey, I haven't done this in a long time, right? I haven't like, you know, I think there's I think there's some I think there's there's some of that. Um, but we can we can agree to disagree there. What I what I do agree with is and 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 you've seen this in a million schools as have I. Yeah. Student uh, teacher X at one end of the hallway has a really predictable and safe classroom where students know exactly what to expect. And when those students go down the hall to teacher Y, those things aren't in place. And it looks like it's an entirely different group of students. But really what's changed is the adults and the systems. And to your point, is that the students know perfectly well uh, what what's expected of them in in the school setting and the class setting, but mm -hmm. there's no there's no accountability in that one in this in the second place, and there's there's there are far fewer systems in place and far fewer directions and redirection and praise for the students who are doing the thing, and so like kind of left to their own devices, you know, fifth graders in one place, eleventh graders in one place look like model scholars in one classroom and and 50 feet down the hall it's totally different uh sure. and that i that i think to your point um that's the thing like it can't just be here's the cafeteria post it needs to be now more than ever um 
now more than ever, here's exactly what this is going to look like from the adult end. Uh, and then we're going to actually explicitly show students, not in a controlling way, not in a, uh, you know, not, not in any sort of, uh, you know, um, uh, overly the punitive way in a, like a fairness way, right? We talk about equity on this show, like what's more equitable right now than students returning to school after a year and a half of not being in the building, knowing exactly what's being asked of them and having crystal clear expectations and teachers who've thought through every possible scenario so that learning is prioritized, man, that feels really freaking equitable to me right now. And I think to your point that schools have spent a lot of time thinking about just the curricular parts and have often shied away from the, I mean, we talk, I mean, what's your, your favorite quote from Renee, right? Being super clear and being clarity yeah. is kind. And yeah. Yeah. I, I've sat and looked through so many culture plans, school culture plans where all I do is sit and ask questions and it's like, <laughs> well, what does that mean? And how do I know that this means X? And like, even if you're, you have similar plans and you had, you know, then last year before the, before pandemic out, those plans have to be refined because folks have to think much more clear. And, you know, my quote, my, my favorite thing to go to um, is that clarity is better than perfection, right? A clear plan is way better than a perfect plan. And so like folks need to know what is happening every single moment in the building. Students need to know what is expected of them every single time. It has to be reinforced. Without these things, instruction, no matter how much you plan for it, it won't, it won't happen. Well said, man. Um, and a perfect way to, to kind of end uh, season two, episode one. I will Aww. say, I, I hope folks, you want to you want to double dutch back in and talk more? <laughs> I'm never using this word again. It is deleted from my vocabulary. I didn't I even do know not, it was in my vocabulary. <laughs> I do not believe you will be able to to delete that. Um, what a last last point, man. I, at least for me, is I I don't think it's coming through. I am actually really optimistic, uh, and yeah. I don't know if this like I am optimistic. I I fully believe we're coming out of this thing. Uh, and I, I fully believe that uh, educators are gonna are gonna walk through fire for for students. Um, I was about to say, I, do you think people are not optimistic? I I do think people are not optimistic. Yeah, I think some aren't. I think that there are folks who are potentially feeling defeated. We're back in this again. Students are really far behind. I've lost a bunch of teachers. Um, that, that's, that I think is a different problem to solve. I think we have to figure out how we can get teachers, you and me, man, we've got to figure out how we can get teachers a heck, a heck load more money. That's not, that's not the problem here, but I do think that we are coming out of this thing. I think that school's yeah. going to look more like school than it has in a really long time come like, you know, uh, early 2022. Uh, and I think yeah. the next couple months are going to be bumpy, but nothing that, nothing that we can't handle. No, absolutely. I mean, Michael, people are as as much as like the term defeated. I think people are just confused. Like mm -hmm. we are no longer in our comfort zone. Like something has come in, completely disrupted humanity, the way that we work, the way we yeah. interact with people. Um, and there's just like this discomfort around. We don't know what lies ahead. Um, where do we go next? 
Um, and every day we get inundated with something new. I probably just stressed a bunch of people out when I said the mu variant, right? Like there's just always, there's just more. And this has completely disrupted, you know, the way that we, we've always lived. And so like, I think that once we start to get comfort and we start to see and the cloud and the fog all starts to dissipate and we can start to see like what's ahead of us, um, that that feeling, you know, we're, we're humans. We'll we'll we're going to come out of this fighting, and we'll we'll be on top of it. Um, but yeah, I think right now, folks are just there's like a haze um, mm. and confusion. But it will clear. It will clear. Well, listen, man. Uh, I trust in I trust in Vance. That is my that is my motto. <laughs> I just made it up. But I think I, you need a tattoo. I, I think it's a tattoo, bro. I think it's a tattoo. You think that I won't. That's what's funny is you think that I won't get that. No, tattoo. no, no I'm, I'm joking. So, so <laughs> you will tattoo anything. I will so. get that tattoo just to, <laughs> just to, I don't know, prove no. you wrong or something. No, no. Um, okay. Let's get back. Listen, and our, 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 uh, our password tonight is uh, what do we land on? Upsilon or Double Dutch? Upsilon. I'm not right. saying the, that word anymore. <laughs> Upsilon is our password. Um, thank you so much for listening. We're excited to be back for season two. Lots of fun stuff happening this year. Uh, lots of special guests. Lots oh, yeah. of hijinks. Lots of alcohol. I've got to start drinking on this podcast more often. I, I haven't done that so in a while. Um, so we're going to start doing a lot more of that. You. What's we that? Miss you. I said yeah. we miss you. We miss the, the, the other Michael. Yeah, well, I just got to make sure I don't pour myself like a liter of uh, of bourbon like I did that one time, and you and I were freaking <laughs> rocked by the end of that. Stop breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> we talked about it on the next episode. We told oh, everybody. We yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't listen to the episode. <laughs> hey, I'm Michael Somber from Skyrocket Education. On behalf of Dr. Antonio Vance and the whole team at Skyrocket, thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time. Until then, keep on rocking. This was Informal Observations with Skyrocket Educator Training. Sign up for our mailing list at wewillskyrocket.com and look out for our next episode.